We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for Ken and Curtis with Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on WEEI. Welcome to the Jingle All the Way 5K, live from the Cisco Brewery here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Ken Laird is a no-show today, unfortunately, <laughs> and an ironic twist. Flex Time Shime is in. Ken Laird out, not feeling well, so he's home. Hopefully he's feeling better today. But uh, Shime, good morning. Welcome. What are your first impressions of the, uh, the the pomp and circumstance of the 5K? Good morning, Curtis. Uh, this place is awesome. I've never been here before, uh, so this it was a fresh experience for me. I walked in. There was already a ton of people here. People don't even start walking for another hour. And I, I, this is awesome. Everybody's so nice. Everybody's so friendly. The place is beautifully uh, decorated, and this is, I am stunned. This is awesome. It's an awesome day. I remember vividly December of 2019, we had just begun the Greg Hill Show. Somehow, you know, we were lasting two weeks. Now we're entering the fourth year. And we were just finishing up the fall, and I went. I didn't know much about it. And we weren't broadcasting. There was no Ken and Curtis show at the time. Ken was still on the show. And I remember getting off of 495 or whatever the highway was that was nearby. And there was a traffic jam entering the 5K. And I had no idea about Greg Hill before we worked together. I knew he was on the radio. I knew he was a philanthropic guy, all that. But when I saw the amount of people that were waiting to get in line and to run this 5K... I saw a world that I didn't even know existed, and it is an awesome thing that Greg does and uses the radio show to help do do well in the community, and this is really a shining example of that. But it's also an odd look of the human condition because, Shime, <laughs> every day we do a show in front of people telling us how much we suck. Always. And it's very relaxing. Yes, Yet we're here with people who seem to like us, and I am totally off my game. Yeah, you get caught off guard because everybody's so complimentary and nice and kind and sweet people, and yet all we get on the text line is toxicity and hatred. It's great. And it's just, it's really an awesome thing. So uh, if you're nearby, you can still come and sign up. If you're not, there's the snowball coming up after the race at 1 o'clock with the band Ripe with the live performance. It is a really, really cool scene. Everybody decked up for the holidays. If you're not in the Christmas spirit yet, 
Come on by, and if you can't join us, just uh, join Sean and myself. We're on 9 until 1. Governor Sununu is here. He'll stop by. Wiggy come by later. Greg Hill, of course, will come by. Courtney, Santo, Brett, the whole crew. Everybody will be here uh, later on. And I have to have, before we really get into the, the show here, Shime, I have to confess. Uh-oh. I really enjoyed the World Cup yesterday. <laughs> you were tweeting about it nonstop. Well, I was quite impressed. So it is something because of my Brady love. I just have been rooting against Brazil with every fiber of my being because <laughs> I know that jiu-jitsu a-hole is celebrating them winning, so I wanted them to lose so bad. And when Neymar, is that the guy? Yes, Neymar. Did he, he miss his penalty shot? Or did he make it? Uh, I believe. Uh, I'll double check. Anyway, the, watching the Brazil players cry was the highlight of my day. <laughs> he, the picture of Neymar crying will live forever. If I were Tom Brady and I was in my house diagonally across the water from Giselle's, I would have set off fireworks when they <laughs> lost that game. You know what? Uh, Courtney can hear. Courtney was able to hear the U.S. Uh, goals because everyone was cheering in her apartment <laughs> complex. Giselle was able to hear it when Croatia won. Oh, so great. And then the Argentina-Netherlands, like, Red Sox-Yankees 0-4. What an awesome game that was. That was, I mean, if every game ends in penalty shots, sign me up. That, and then I saw these hardos on Twitter saying, we shouldn't allow these games to be decided by penalty kicks. You want to play soccer for a week? That's exactly what you want it to be decided by is penalty kicks. The the gravity and the pressure that is on these guys to just simply put a ball in a giant net with one guy standing in your way. Like, it's, it is one of the most exciting things in all of soccer. That's why I think penalty kicks is awesome. And you get a game like Netherlands-Argentina where it's not nil-nil either going into penalty kicks. No, 2-2. It was 2 nothing Argentina, and the Netherlands scored two goals to tie it up. The same guy. I don't know what his name was, but it was something Fjord, and he had two goals. <laughs> and so uh, a great day of soccer yesterday. I never thought in a million years I would say that, but it was entertaining. And I have to say Fox, the people there, brilliant job of just allowing the because the the drama of the people's reaction is what makes it such a spectacle without a doubt and the only thing i would change is there should be live shots of like sao paulo and like croatia like watch parties right i don't know a city in croatia so i just said croatia but either yeah, way either, you know actually. so th that would have been better but either way it was a great day but it's a huge weekend and i need to start today shime with greg bedard who oh, out of left field this is a guy, mind you, who has said multiple times in print elsewhere that if you think Zappi is a better starting quarterback option for the Patriots, then you don't know football. <laughs> that you're an idiot if you think that Zappi might have been the right option this season. He People said around this. He said this on a podcast yesterday, Joe Braverman. People around the team, including some very good sources of mine who have never steered me wrong, are have basically indicated that this Cardinals game on Monday night uh, with the Patriots going out for their West Coast swing is among, if not the most important game of Belichick's career post-Tom Brady. That wow. if the Patriots don't win this game, then I think there is a serious question about whether Belichick is the future head coach of this team. This is almost it's a must-win Almost a must win. First of all, if you have a source that's telling you something, you don't need the qualifier of basically. Yeah. Secondly, if that's really the case, then report that. You're, you're dancing around it by saying, basically, people around the team, people that have never steered me wrong, have said that this game will go a long way in deciding, like, what the hell? Let's say the Patriots lose 
31-28, and you know there's a uh, an interception in the corner of the end zone in the fourth quarter with a minute left that the, that Mac throws Ends and they the lose game. the game. Yep. But the offense looks good. Whatever. Th- that will go a long way in deciding the future of Bill Belichick, an obscure Monday night game. Like it makes no sense to me because I, I, it, what it, so you're telling me, so if, if this is going to decide his future, theoretically that means that if Belichick coaches horribly, this team plays horribly, there's a chance he's canned on Tuesday? There's no shot of that. There's Very good no sources shot. of mine who have never steered me wrong. Never. I have basically said, how do you basically say your job's on the line? What What are the qualifiers that you could provide someone? So if you agree with Greg Bedard, if you think that this game is in some way a, uh, a, a swing game in the career of Bill Belichick as the head coach of the Patriots, give us a call. I, I really think that the next two games don't mean a lot for the long-term health of the Patriots organization. I think I they mean a lot for Mac Jones. I think they mean a lot for Matt Patricia, for Joe Judge, and Bill Belichick will be judged at the end of the season, and there has obvi- already been steps that he has made publicly to signify that they're going to make a change with the offensive coordinator. Yeah, especially these next two games, you were, you were saying that there's not a whole lot of gravity to these games, and I agree because who cares about a Monday night game against Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray? Who cares? Belichick has had struggles against his former assistants before so if they fall to the Raiders they fall to the Raiders like the games that are have far more importance to that Dolphins game and that Bills game right if he gets blasted by the Dolphins or blasted by the Bills that to me weighs far more on his uh, career standing than it does than the Cardinals and the Raiders right the, 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 the number for me that is most important and will be most responsible for power being lost by Bill Belichick this offseason is that Bill Belichick's team is 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games against the Dolphins and the Bills. Wow. So the two teams in your division that you have to get past, that you were behind, have owned you. Yeah. I mean, in, in a way, one of those wins was a game in which you threw the ball three times in a 70-mile-an-hour windstorm in Buffalo. So in actual football games, in the last nine, you're 1-8. and eight. And it's tough, though, because Belichick would tell you, well, a couple of those times, the Cam Newton game against the Bills, he fumbles on the go-ahead drive, what right. would have been the go-ahead drive. And then that uh, the opener uh, against Miami, was it last year or the year before, where Damian Harris fumbles, yep. and uh, and they end up losing that game. And it's just two turnovers that were the ter- determination of those Which two is games. why we still count the Bills game as 2-8, and eight because yeah. you could also make the case that that game would never have been won by the Patriots. I feel very confident in saying they never would have won that game if it was played in a normal weather day. Especially after seeing the next two games. So if I'm if I'm judging the Patriots, if I work inside Gillette Stadium, the last thing I'm focusing on are West Coast games against the Cardinals and the Raiders. I'm focused on the division, which is something you owned for 20 years, yep. and why the head coach doesn't seem to understand or accept that there is a problem with Josh Allen and the Bills, and why the Dolphins whether it be Flores, Mike McDaniel, Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, Tua at quarterback, have just been able to own you for two or three full seasons. So that is, to me, much more interesting in terms of the future of Bill Belichick. But this weekend, I am, I'm fascinated to see Monday night what the response is from the organization, if at all, on offense after they get mocked openly. We'll get to the audio next from Vance Joseph the head coach or the uh, defensive coordinator of the Cardinals because those are things you never in a million years used to see with coaches or anybody playing the Patriots. It was always deference, respect, humility, 
kill him with kindness, and then wait till Monday night to play the game. Yeah, and, and I think you can take a lot from this Monday night game, right? Even if they lose, but if you see signs of the ability to stop Kyler Murray or just deal with mobile quarterbacks in general, which Bill Belichick has shown an inability to do, I think that's a good stepping stone towards moving towards games against people like Josh Allen. Because you look at the, the bye week, where obviously they won the game after the bye, which was the walk-off punt return touchdown against the Jets. Yep. But watching that game, there was nobody that watched it saying, oh, my goodness, the offense really put some new wrinkles in to get the Jets you know, off their game. And now you have a mini-bye where you're off thir- we play Thursday, now you're off until Monday night. Yep. Is there going to be anything more there? Are the... I, I really am beginning to question whether or not Bill, whether it's true or not, or Bedard's on crack or right, he, he struck me as a guy that is couching things in the public that he never used to do because he is sort of trying to shape the narrative around himself because whether it's, you know, sort of just being overly concerned without reason, paranoid, or if it's real, he thinks that there's elements of his job that are being questioned by his boss. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think there has to be, right? You look at the offensive system, and it's been putrid all season. Outside of that Minnesota game, it's the one outlier. This offense has looked awful all year. And so, of course, he's going to get questioned by his boss. And, and any, any other job in America would be getting questioned by their boss if something was just being awful for months at, at a time. And so Belichick really needs to kind of figure out what is going on. He keeps harping on just being more consistent and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's stop it. Change something. Make you, you need to be proactive and not just sit there and wait and then eventually react. You need to be proactive in a situation like this. Totally. We are live at Jingle All the Way 5K at Portsmouth's Cisco Brewery here in the lovely state of New Hampshire. Ken Laird was blocked at the border. He is not joining me today. Chris Scheim is in his stead. We will have Greg Hill, Governor Sununu, Wiggy, Coco, Santo, you name it. Everybody will come by at some point between now and and 1 o'clock, and you can join the show, 617-779-7937. Is Bill's job on the line? Should it be on the line? Where do you stand with this team now? What do you need to see changed heading into next season? We'll be taking your calls on the Pats. Got to get to the Red Sox, likely at 10 o'clock, a dumpster fire of a week that requires an autopsy. I cannot understand the lengths with which the organization continues to go to try and convince a fan base that it was interested in someone, their actions told us they were never interested in. <laughs> never. So we'll get to all that. But first, here is the one and only Joe Braverman with What is Trending. Fresh and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Wilmington Builder Supply. The Patriots have their final practice today before their Monday night matchup against the Cardinals. Four players yesterday did not practice for the Pats, that being Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, Jalen Mills, and Isaiah Wynn. Trent Brown and Yanni Kajust were limited at practice yesterday. For Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins, star wide receiver, was a full participant after missing Thursday with an illness. Byron Murphy, Rondale Moore, and Rashawn Coward were absent from practice yesterday, and Tristan Hill and Charles Washington were limited. Speaking of Arizona, the Coyotes with a shocking upset of the Boston Bruins last night, 4-3, Lawson Krause scoring the game winner with 13 and a half seconds left in regulation. The Bruins will end their road trip tomorrow night in Vegas against Bruce Cassidy and the Vegas Golden Knights. Puck drop for that game will be at 8 o'clock. 
It's an NBA Finals rematch tonight as the Celtics take on Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Tip-off from San Francisco is at 8.30. Al Horford will be out as he remains in the health and safety protocols. Robert Williams is also out, but the Time Lord and head coach Joe Mazzulla have said Williams is day-to-day. For Golden State, Andrew Wiggins and Andre Iguodala are ruled out. And World Cup quarterfinals continue today with Morocco taking on Portugal at 10 a.m. and England will battle France at 2 p.m. I am Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I see an offense that's uh, running the football well. You know, it's a very conservative pass game. You know, lots of screens, all kind of screens. It's like a defensive guy's calling offense. You know, he's <laughs> it's how a defensive guy will call offensive plays, right? You know, let's 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 not turn the ball over. Let's let's get four yards of play and you know try to burn clock, and that's what they're doing. Oh man. In a million years, did you think Vance Joseph would be S-talking the Patriots? No. Uh, that was Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals, who the Patriots play Monday night in Glendale, Arizona, the home of the worst loss in the history of my life, but we won't get to that. Chris Scheim is in for Ken Laird on Ken and Curtis. We are live from the Greg Hill Foundation's Jingle All the Way 5K in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, at Cisco Brewery, an awesome scene, totally packed place is awesome a lot of smiles and people that seem generally happy which is very unsettling to me (laughs) and uh it's a jolly time of year it is it is a wonderful scene here so we'll be taking your calls until one doug lane the the great engineer is on site we are going to be how you doing oh my guy from the u.s coast guard is here (laughs) thank you for your service uh i wear that sweatshirt all the time to cut lines so uh (laughs) we are uh, we're broadcasting here it's a little crazy but greg will be here governor sununu has already arrived he looks ready to go. Uh, I think he's going to join us after his run, Courtney Santo, the whole crew. So you can join us at 617-779-7937. And Shime and I kind of agree. We, if you missed it, Greg Bedard, we played the audio in the first segment. 
said that his sources are telling him that Monday is as big a game as Belichick has had since Brady left to dictate the future of the Patriots coaching staff, which is just mind-boggling to me. Who do you think if – I mean, I'm not saying he's lying, but I, I don't – if you really had that report, I would say you would go with it further than just mentioning it in passing on a podcast. What do you think that's coming from? Is that the craft side? Where who would who would be leaking anything of that sort? It has to be someone from either like the craft side, or if you really want to get diabolical, the Mac Jones camp somewhere. Uh, oh, good point. But at the same time, it, if anybody's job is going to be on the line, wouldn't it be Matt Patricia's first? Oh, totally. There's always a scapegoat before the head coach. You just look at Indianapolis. They had it this year. What happens? Offensive coordinator gets canned. Frank Reich takes over the duties. They lose again. Frank Reich gets canned. In comes Jeff Saturday. That's how it always happens across the league. You always fire a coordinator first to try and quote-unquote fix the problem, and then the head coach eventually goes because ultimately he is the problem. Right, and I think, you know, if we're going to get diabolical, the the report this past week – for the first time in my life, following Belichick's Patriots, it was stated as fact what his salary is. Sportico came out with the, the study that said Bill makes $20 million a year. Pete Carroll was second at $15 million a year. Yep. Now, I could believe that the Crafts would be behind, or someone familiar with the operation would be behind getting that information out there, adding pressure to Bill saying, wow, you're making $20 million a year and this team can't do anything. I just can't foresee what this would do in terms of the future of Belichick. You know where I stand. It's Brady over Bill. It's pretty well established. Very much so. But you have to have someone to replace him with. Who wants to come here right now and be the head coach of this organization? And midseason, what are you going to do? Can him for Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, (laughs) or Steve Belichick, or Gerard Mayo? I mean, this is what's going to happen at the end of the season. If it continues down the track, it's going. They miss the playoffs. They go 7-10, and 8-9. and nine. Patricia's gone. They bring in someone like Bill O'Brien and the defensive staff. There's an audit of the entire coaching staff done by the Kraft family, and Bill's power in setting those lineups up is reduced. Yep. That's the biggest change. Agreed. And then you go from there to get on the same page with the quarterback. They get the most out of Mac Jones. If that's who they want, they figure that side out. The, the notion that Bill is gone is, is laughable. But I do think you can compare, Shime, the the Patriots and Red Sox and where they find themselves right now. Sure. Because there seems to be a lack of accountability and, a, and an element of just being tone deaf that's permeated both franchises that have been the cornerstones of the championship success we've had in this town for 20 years. Yep. You have the Red Sox, and this was just crazy to me. So uh, there was a column in the Boston Globe. I don't know who owns the Globe, but there was a column in the Globe, <laughs> and They were uh, somebody, one of the new writers for the Red Sox, I'll get his name, I think it's um, McWilliam is his last name. Oh, Julian McWilliam? Yeah. So he was with the front office of the Red Sox at the Phoenix airport. Now, I know this airport well. Before Super Bowl 49, we were stuck. There was a huge blizzard back home. And, and, uh, God, I get no service. Your your girlfriend comes up here, delivers dunks. I just have to clean poop and come here on my own. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. And so uh, we were stuck in the airport there. It sucks. It was the longest day ever. But anyway, McWilliam is with the front office of the Red Sox the day after Xander Bogarts signs with the Padres. And they're writing this, like, unbelievable sob story of how Heim Bloom is expected to do an interview with McWilliam before boarding their flight home. Yep. It was a great get by him, by the way. Oh, Unbelievable. 
I'm sure you had to go through uh, the, the PR A lot of hoops. <laughs> A lot of hoops. <laughs> we have, the, you know, we only pay the rent anyway. Never mind. So, <laughs> um, and so they they're sitting in the in the whatever the lounge, the Sky Lounge, and right before these multiple starts of an interview, Heim Bloom has to pause and collect his emotions. Now, Heim Bloom may be the most emotionless guy in baseball, and that is a I thought. A, a thing in his corner that he is yeah. not emotionally tied to players. He's tied to the analytics that he uses to judge them, and then he bases Robotic and fields a team based based on that without making you know rash decisions based on things that have nothing to do with performance on the field. Mm-hmm. But they'll have you believe that Heim Bloom was so disturbed and broken up about a guy that he wasn't even pursuing for any competitive way the entirety of the free agent process before he can conduct an interview hours after Xander signed with the Padres. Like, what do you gain from that? It would have made sense to me if they were interviewing Joe Castig and he was getting oh, choked up. Well, Joe about Xander talk. Leaving. He's still press falling. I yeah, mean. it's it, it, but a guy like High and Bloom, like this, the, doesn't play into the character. They're clearly just trying to sell you this narrative. They've been doing it all summer. We we've called them out left and right because they've been just planning. They never had an intention of giving a competitive offer to Xander Bogarts, but they knew exactly how much he meant to the people and exactly how much he meant to the city and didn't care. And instead, they feed you these lies that are like, oh, we're really trying. We're trying so hard to sign Xander. It's our number one priority. Can I foresee Xander Bogarts in another jersey? No, I can't. And then you get this, and it, it, you get this result. And they're just trying to spin it so that Haim Bloom looks... Uh, likable, I guess, and, and it makes no sense to me. So this is the headline of the Boston Globe. At the San Diego airport, a stunned Heim Bloom tried to process the reality of the Red Sox without Xander Bogarts. The lead by Julian McWilliams. Red Sox chief baseball officer, which is such a hard title. <laughs> Red Sox chief baseball officer, Heim Bloom, stared blankly at his iPhone late Wednesday evening. A group of Red Sox front office personnel inside the Sky Club at San Diego, I'm sorry, sorry, not Phoenix, San Diego International Airport, stared too, trying their best to process what had just occurred. What just occurred was a guy that you didn't want to sign long term signed elsewhere. Yeah. What's hard to process with that? Nothing. They're just trying to make him sim- a sympathetic character. It's like, it's, stop feeding this crap to us. Tell it to us straight. You didn't want him here. Just be honest. That's all we want. We want some kind of transparency. It, it, but you're getting nothing. This is unbelievable. I, I swear <laughs> to God, this is like the onion. <laughs> the Give onion. me a minute, Bloom said, waiting to talk about the departure. The minute turned to two. Then came a brief walk to gate 37A, where our flight began to board. Give me a minute, Bloom repeated, staring into space in isolation, no longer... Peering at his iPhone. So, first of all, uh, great writing by Julian. This is just, he is creating a story. It is just a nice, fun little story. I guarantee Haim was not that emotional. He probably was looking at his phone blankly because he was going over all the deals that happened that day and dealing with some kind of thing that chief baseball operators deal with that I have no idea about. And Julian spun it real nice and made it seem like Haim was this sympathetic character who's all brokenhearted and upset that Xander Bogarts is gone when in reality he's just doing his job and he had zero intention of ever feeling any kind of emotion like that. I'm going to keep going with this because it is so brilliant. It is amazing. Roughly 30 minutes before takeoff, Bloom had stared enough. Everybody is sad that he's not going to be part of the organization. 
We're incredibly grateful for him. Bloom's voice trembled. <laughs> like, honest to God, like, why do you have such disdain for the people that pay your bills? Like, no, nobody believes that. Who is this for? It makes no sense to me. Like, they, they, they just, they're trying to appease a crowd that doesn't exist. They're trying to make, like, why, why keep doing this? Why keep peddling these narratives? Why keep trying to build this? This story. I have no idea. And it's, I, I, I bring it up now because I think the Patriots and Red Sox, we heard it from Bill Belichick last Monday. Uh, I believe it was the Monday before the Bills game. Yep. And I asked Bill about, you know, eight straight quarters without forcing a punt. And he immediately went to, well, they faked a punt and we got them to punt formation. Timeout, which didn't exist. Never happened. But if it did, would be a really crappy defense <laughs> because that means you allowed a fake punt to be successful, <laughs> which still has most of your defense on the field. I mean, yep. I, I didn't play special teams too much, but I think that's the case. I don't think you bring in a whole different roster for that. And then you have the Red Sox not willing to accept anything um, uh, right, well, here's a good point. Sorry, just go back to the Red Sox quickly. Doug Lane's here. If you wanted to say you didn't want to give Xander $280 million, my guess is more of the fans would agree than disagree. Yep. It, it wasn't a bad business decision. No, I agree. So, like, even in that regard, what we were told Heim's strength was was just proven in this nonsensical BS article to be all a lie because we were told he was calculated, cool, analytically driven, here to rebuild a, a, a barren farm system to get this team back to a less schizophrenic approach to the baseball operations where you can have a sustainable winning performance where you don't have these valleys and then you have these peaks. What we have here is a guy that has decided that the fan base can't tolerate the truth, that is, Xander wasn't worth nearly $300 million for 11 years, that at the end of this contract it would likely be an albatross on the Padres, they should have done five or six before the season at an actual 20-plus million-dollar-a-year deal, maybe five years, six years, 160, 170, and then you get the prime of his career, and everybody's happy, and I think Xander's still here. So instead of admitting that you made a mistake in how you approached it last offseason and saying that that mistake wasn't going to preclude you from making a smart baseball decision and not capitulating to the needs of Scott Boris, you say goodbye and everybody at least can understand where you stand. With, the, with this approach, you basically are middling the entire th situation. And you know what's going to happen? Heim Bloom's going to get fired next year. Oh, 100% because the Red Sox are going to stink and the fans are going to be pissed and the ownership is going to be mad and out goes Heim Bloom. Instead, you could have just been honest with us. You could have offered him that. What, what was the report? Was it 6 for 180 was yep. the final offer report? If you had offered that to him, what, before the season started, even last offseason? Right. Might have, he might have accepted that. He might have... Uh, or at least negotiated with you to the point where it's like, okay, it's not an insulting offer. I like this offer. We can build on this. Instead, you you just you leak it now, and compared to the offer he did get, it looks looks like you weren't even competitive. When in reality, you didn't want to be competitive with 11 years, 280 million dollars, which is okay. If that's the way you want to run your team, you need to tell the people that. You need to be like, look. I'm not going to give a guy who's 30 years old 11 years on a deal. Can't do it. Won't do it. But just be consistent in that. Don't then immediately go like when they did with uh, John Lester. We don't want to pay John Lester. Oh, but let's go give uh, Chris Sale and David Price all this money. Right. That's what happens. And, and it's going to happen again. Yep. You know, the guy that was the happiest person in Boston. Well, he's probably not in Boston right now. But the no, happiest Red not. Sox player was Rafael Devers at the conclusion of that negotiation because 
this is what they do. Instead of saying we believe in this approach, whether that was D- Dave Dombrowski's approach, which was came as advertised, I'm going to pay for premium talent and we're going to win. They won more than they ever won. They're winning a season ever. Yes, they did. They bring in Heim Bloom, and instead of saying, Heim, do your thing, we're going to allow fans to say whatever they want. They're going to intercede. They're going to either, whether it's Devers or it's Correa or whomever, they're going to do what they did with David Price after Leicester. They're going to do what they did with Pablo Sandoval. They're going to do what they did when they said they were going to have a bridge year. They overreact. When the facts remain, the reason this place is the best to do what we do is because people here are adults. They know what is a good idea and what isn't. Their fans are intelligent. The only thing that matters is if they win or lose. The greatest player in the history of the sport left the Patriots, and the Patriots were back in the playoffs last year. People were pumped. There wasn't anybody saying, outside of me, I hate this organization because of what they did to Tom. They just want the team to win. Yes. And so the way in which these groups, whether it be with the Crafts or the Henrys or whomever with these organizations, just talk to the fan base like they're adults. Don't create this Shakespearean tragedy at the freaking San Diego airport. Like, nobody believes it. Oh, Butter Guy's here. Huge. Uh, Greg wants to see you. Uh, (laughs) And uh, it's just an incredible disservice to the uh, – he'll be here Greg shortly. will be here eventually. He'll be at the last – look who's ever in last place. Okay. Came to meet a Marconi Award winner. I, I love that. Yeah, sadly, you're not here yet. <laughs> not uh, us. Uh, but anyway, I just – I don't understand it. It's, it's short-sighted, and uh, I don't understand why the Red Sox now, continue to do it. Now, do you think, though, what will be the overreaction here? Is Wiggy Wright, is the overreaction way overpaying Carlos Correa? Is it, Or – was this time, okay, maybe they won't overreact because instead they were semi-proactive and Trevor Story was the plan all along. So there is going to be a continual pushback from the fan base because the Red Sox created this mess. Instead of just saying last offseason that their intentions were to get to a long-term deal with Xander Bogarts due to the lockout, due to whatever, they were unable to get to a position where they felt confident that they would keep him long-term, so they made a proactive move for Trevor Story. Yep. Then, instead of at the conclusion of this past season, saying, I can't envision a situation where Xander's <laughs> not on the team. I can't. You just say, you know, his agent, Scott Boris, he's earned the right to get to this point and opt out of his contract. We'd love to keep him, but he's likely, you know, 50-50. But you told the fan base that there was only one situation that was tenable, and that's out the window. So you have to act like it's the worst day of your life, and now you have to cover your ass. It's like, it's unbelievable. And they're thinking that the uh, the Yoshi signing is going to make oh. everything go better. <laughs> I'm excited to have a guy like Yoshi, but uh, apparently, according to some people, might be a little bit overpaid. Anyway, well, I'm going to go on this most of the day. We're talking Patriots. We're talking Red Sox, 617-779-7937. Courtney's here looking ready to go, and we're going to get to the calls. And, uh, oh, I just hung up on Steve. I suck. <laughs> Steve, we'll, call back. <laughs> we'll try that again later on. Uh, anyway, why don't we take a quick break here about a minute early. 617-779-7937. We are coming to you live from the Greg Hill Foundation's Jingle All the Way 5K at the Cisco Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Oh, look at this guy. I got the biggest celebrity oh, at the Greg Hill Jingle All the Way 5K. Oh, Curtis, stop. I mean, continue, but stop. 
Mark, there is a woman here, I kid you not, yeah. that has a T-shirt that says, I need to meet the man with the Marconi. Oh, I, where is she? I don't know. And she, how old is she? She... <laughs> Show, show sounds great. I was listening the whole way up from Boston. Where is Ken Laird? Uh, he got stopped at the border. So I would call flexing. It, it was, it, does he have a legit excuse? He, I believe he's ill. Uh, I got the, ill? Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. I was, I was wondering if it was going to be a dog died thing and he had to bring the dog in on Monday. The irony of Ken calling me and saying, I'm out, Shime will fill in. Well, I mean, Shime <laughs> is doing a fine job. But Thank you. I mean... I, how, how many, I, like, there's one thing a year where a 1,000-plus listeners show up, and, and Ken should be here. And Ken, this is his one time to interact with those listeners, right? a big part of the show for a long time. Yeah. Now that he's in management, it's doubly important for him to show respect to you right. for what this does to the right. community. Absolutely. The governor right. of the effing state's here. Right. Ken Laird, you know, he's home watching uh, Cameroon or someone play soccer. <laughs> no, I Morocco, mean, I believe, is on today. We're going to need to see receipts, yeah. I think. So I think. what's going on? What's the schedule of events well, here? Uh, everybody's going to start running, or in my case, walking at 10, so another 15 or 20 minutes. And then uh, everybody will return here and carb up on the, on the pasta and the great Cisco beers that are available. And then the band Ripe goes on at 1 o'clock right outside, right behind us, and... I can't think of a better way to spend a Saturday afternoon than right here in Portsmouth at the Cisco Brewery, and the turnout is—it's incredible. Uh, it's incredible. I, I like every year. I wonder, are we going to be able to beat last year? And there's more people here already than there were here last year. So. I've spoken to at least five separate couples who made this a weekend in Portsmouth that drove up, loved the show, wanted to meet people, wanted to have a fun day without having to get back home, whatever. Portsmouth, great city. Awesome great, city. Great food city, by the way. And yeah. I, have to say this, I have to say this again, Greg, and I mean it. We started working together in 2019. December of 2019 was the first event of these that I went to. We weren't broadcasting at the time, but we, we all ran. And I, I was, you know, getting off the highway. I think it was 495, whatever the town we were in. And I was, like, still figuring you out. You know, I liked you. You're a really good guy to work for. But, you know, I didn't know all the details. And so I'm getting off, and there was a backup for, like, a mile. And there was, remember, it was, like, a sheet of ice that day. We're, like, parking. You're, like, slipping through by the church parking lot. And I was, like, I didn't even know this world existed. It is such a tribute to what you've built that you have this great event that helps so many people, but that this many people make these treks just to be close to the show it was that morning i knew that i didn't know much about me or my future but i knew that what we were doing was was working in some way well i listen uh it's you it was your lead a couple weeks ago about how we live in the most generous region in the in the u.s yep most giving, and it's people show it over and over again and you ask them and they show up and they give and and so it's uh it's it's an it's an amazing amazing thing. So I'm really excited. Has the governor come over and done the show yet? Go. Uh, we got him as bib, and then he was like, "What time do you want us?" And I said, "Whenever." So I said, "I think he's going to do a quick stop by when he finishes the 5K." Okay. He looks. Uh, he said he was worried about it. That guy is guy in, looks in great in great oh, shape. Yeah, he he, yeah. he he looks better than Yadni Kajus. He would he would you wouldn't be demanding to see his physician's record if he were gonna if he were running for president. Is that best health imaginable? <laughs> He's I don't do I don't do five Ks. I do I do ten Ks. I just supersize it. Um, He's also going shorts, no tights either. Hardo move. Really? Oh yeah. A lot of people are in sweatpants today or tights of some kind. It's thirty degrees outside. He's no running kidding. In, he's running in shorts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's my governor. As long as Charlie Baker isn't listening. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I said to Shime, 
The World Cup penalty kicks may be one of the best things on TV. I don't know if you saw stop. any of that yesterday. Curtis, stop. It was stop. awesome. Stop. You're trying now because. Oh, here's the governor. Oh, here he is. Oh, there he, there he is. You want, you're, I'll, you want, I'm going to give him my headset. No, oh, we wait, got another, Doug we got getting, one. No, join us for a minute. No. You look fantastic. How man. do you like the bib? What do you think about <laughs> Ashley? Perfect. Uh, 603. 603 bib. I love it. I love it. 603 bid. bib. Uh, what's that? Well, hold on. We're, we're going to get gonna you a get microphone. You a headset, we can't hear anything yeah. you're saying. So, uh, yeah, Ken isn't here because I, he was too I'm afraid. not sure. I, I tweaked my hip somehow during the night. I don't oh, know if, God, I don't know if I'm going to be able. I don't know what here my come t- the excuses. I feel like at the end of this thing, I may be bawling like Heimblum or a Brazilian <laughs> soccer player. <laughs> I feel like maybe. Neymar, Greg Hill. Oh, I was so happy that that Giselle was so mad with that jujitsu a hole yesterday. Before, oh. by the way, before the right before the five k begins, I'm gonna turn and look at the sky like Hein Bloom, and 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 I'm gonna and I'm gonna contemplate what my time might be and how and how sad we all are that Xander Bogart said farewell. <laughs> Governor Sununu. I'm, I'm just fascinated. We're talking World Cup soccer on WEEI. I know. Well, that's Curtis. That's, a, that's all Curtis is doing. He <laughs> somehow became obsessed with soccer yesterday. It was awesome. It was. You have to say, the, the stakes, like those people were going to go home and like lose everything if they didn't kick into the net. I mean, it was pretty impressive. It's, it's pretty bizarre. Go Morocco. That's all yes. I have to say. Go By the Morocco. way, you, look, you could not look more like a running hardo than you do today. <laughs> I, and I love it. Governor. I was going to wear my Larry Bird 1984 uh, Kelly Green short <laughs> shorts, but I figured that was probably a social yeah. bad social media. Yeah, that's so. pro- yeah, that's but I am it. wearing shorts. I'm like the only guy here wearing shorts because I'm a guy from New Hampshire. I no, don't, but, I don't but, know a better way to say it than that. But listen, what? And, and I got in trouble because I said I called you my governor, and Charlie was upset the other day because he was listening to the show. So Tears I'm not, fell, I'm, I'm sure. I, Charlie is like the, like you. But what other governor, Curtis? Name me another governor who shows up in shorts and runs this event today, and then we'll drink beers with with everybody. Afterwards. I was doing There's a push-up no... contest outside earlier. Were... Yeah. <laughs> Man, really flexible. I mean, this, uh, this it state, is incredible. I hope they know. I hope this. I think they do because you've been elected four hey, times. Let me tell you, man. I hope they know what they have in their governor. This place is packed. Everyone's coming out for you. This is awesome. You're raising a lot of money for the foundation, doing a lot of good. Now, it is partly packed because it is 28 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, everybody's inside. Yeah, everybody's inside. Let's, let's own yeah. that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. really, the, the crowd is huge. Everyone signed up. I mean, we, we got selfies on. We got on-air selfies Hold on. Going. we got to get in this one, Come governor. on, go. we got to get in this guy's selfie. <laughs> this mean, is the last year, unfortunately, Greg, and right. I don't mean to put any pressure, but – Next year, there will be Secret Service here. Oh, so that's right. Yes, if that's you're right. going to do a selfie with Governor Sununu, <laughs> right. now's the time. You're going to have to do it today. I, uh, I, as you can see, I'm, I, I have very little security here today, or do I? Oh, <laughs> do I? Hit them I was in the, the crowd. crowd. Oh, I like that camouflage. Oh. So. I did have a question. Shime is, is acting as my security. A little yeah. slow. Uh, if somebody comes at me, he's a little slow to get at it. But it's all right, but I'm a big target. <laughs> I can stand in front of a lot. <laughs> I know you're not going to say what you're going to do, and I don't want you to. If you want to, great. But. It, it strikes me there used to be these sort of prerequisites to be president that after the last two presidents have totally gone up in smoke. <laughs> like, I grew up, your dad That's worked true. for the 41st George yeah. Bush, who's, you know, similar to the second George Bush to Barack Obama. To, you know, these guys were all very statesmen. Statesmen, right. That's yeah. sort of dissipated. Like, has it sort of, has the last two presidential elections shifted what you thought you needed to do to become president of the United States, if you ever thought of that? Uh, no, look, anyone can run. Anyone can win. I really believe that. I, I really do. I mean, look at me. 
please. Not that I'm running for president. Although, <laughs> if I decided great. to run for president, wouldn't it be great and just a, a slap in the face to the political establishment to announce I'm running on WEEI? Oh, yes. <laughs> that would be, great. would be amazing. Great. That would be Need something. My, would be something. My only issue is that when it comes to physical health uh, and energy, you don't look as vigorous as the current guy. So that might, that might be, I feel like that might be an issue for Put you. Put an ice cream cone in my hand and you won't be able to tell us apart. There you go. <laughs> Just don't fall off a bike. And we're about 10 minutes away from both of us having to run or walk. So, uh, But real quick, you still, uh, you, you're still in favor of firing Alex Cora? I mean, I know oh, that, was a, that was a man. The guy's nice enough to Can come Can I tell here. you something? That was one of the hardest things I had to live down. A throw, What I thought was kind of a throwaway comment. Yeah, get rid of him. You need more, better morale on the team. I heard about that for months. <laughs> months I had people coming up on the street. Hey, Governor, I just want to shake your hand and tell you you're so wrong about Alex. How dare you say that? I'm not voting for you because I was like, oh, my God. But oh, dear. I apologize to Mr. Cora, his family, his extended friends, and the 6.7 million people across New England that I offended with the comment. Well, it's so great for you to be here. Awesome. And this is, we, we, uh, we brought this 5K to New Hampshire because it's a state where you can actually still say Merry Christmas. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, so we're glad. Aren't we glad to be in the, in the free state of New Hampshire, Curtis? It is all. Like right when you got off four, up 495 and you cross into New Hampshire, the air feels cleaner. <laughs> yes. The roads feel less cramped. Yeah. Fresh. There's not like potholes the size of like craters on the moon anywhere. I, I didn't see. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I didn't see a bike lane the whole way up. As soon as I got to New Hampshire, there's no bike lanes. <laughs> We keep them in the woods. We keep them in the rail trails. Just keep it on the rail trail. Oh, all the skiing traffic's come up. But look, you can come. Cisco is one of your great sponsors here. Obviously, hosting yep. today, which is awesome. Uh, I team. can't. I bought my uh, bought my flavored dip. Oh, oh there you go. So you get that over the border. I cross the border. Are you literally carrying carrying school yeah. while you're doing a five k? Yeah, I'm gonna have a dip in while I run. Oh my god! Of course I am. That is amazing. Oh, so Greg and Hurts. He's going to be setting up fireworks, That is Hardo. Too. That is New Hampshire Hardo. That's, that's right New Hampshire. That's awesome. Great. Well, Governor Sununu, thank, thank you so you much guys. for coming up here. Thanks, All right. Thanks for doing what you guys do. And, and yeah. Greg, what's stuff. the time? What are you predicting? Who's going to win, Courtney or Santo? I think Courtney is. Uh, I don't know. Do you think Courtney will have a better time than Santo? If Santo does, allows that. He won't allow that. He'll no. be in big trouble. He'll be he... trembling with time. <laughs> Actually, uh, Santo runs behind Courtney carrying her hair like a train, like a wedding dress train. <laughs> There's actually a great scene. Unless it's windy, then he runs in front of her. Uh, oh, it's Santa Glash. Look. Oh, uh, my goodness. Santa, Santa Glash is running today. Oh, uh, James missed you, Santa Glash. Are you having the uh, my my guys on? Are you having yeah, Brett? Everybody's going to come on whenever. Uh, after? Yeah. Get, oh, here's okay. Courtney. We're ready to go. So, Courtney. Oh. Well, here's happen, Courtney. What would happen if Santo beat you? Uh, Santo will beat me. Oh, right. really? Oh, oh wow. Um, I actually, we had the conversation coming up here. I said, are you running with me or are you running without me? Oh. And he said, we'll see how it goes. That got, oh. I, I, I'm sure it wasn't in that particular tone of voice. It was. It was probably like, are you running with me? Nope. It was very calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> Is this like the TSA pre-check because he got in trouble for that? Uh, yes. Uh, it was something along those lines. I think he's going to run with me. And okay. only at the Greg Hill Jingle All the Way 5K, does Butter Guy get a picture with the governor of New Hampshire. I know. Yes. See what we do. Yep. We bring people Amazing. together. It's yeah. yeah. Only with yeah. Only at this event. Only with us, Curtis. What other governor in America would take a picture next to a stick of butter? <laughs> no one. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, uh, we, we one gotta, guy. Uh, one, I think the current president actually churns his own. Ah uh, yes. As, uh, Are you running this morning? 
Uh, yeah, I have a hip thing that uh, happened yes. kind of overnight. Yeah. A hip you call that, Courtney? Yeah. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I, no, Injury. I think I'll do my, I'll do, I'll do my best. Can you That's confirm, all that matters. Can you confirm or deny a report that I heard that you picked up donuts on your way? I did not get any any food. I haven't eaten yet today. Me neither. Oh, I'm running on an empty stomach. One of your friends may have really given me bad information. <laughs> I think I think they probably gave you bad info. But all right, guys, thanks for being here. Right. No problem. Have Thank a good. We'll you. see you after. Good luck. Hopefully. All right, we'll see you afterwards. All hopefully. Right, yeah, hopefully. hopefully. All right. We'll be have done. an ambulance standing by, please, if you could. If that may be the last time you hear Greg Hill. So 40 years on the radio. Goodbye. We will be right back live from Jingle All the Way 5K at the Cisco Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.